Yeah, I'll, you'll be tagged. What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy here on Tuesday, the Tuesday before the big draft. And uh, prepping for the draft, prepping for a big week ahead, I have three great guests with me today that I'm excited about here. So um, I do want to introduce these guys, obviously, one by one individually. But before we get into anything related to the show, I do want to mention, usually the logo is in the corner somewhere, but we do have four people on today. So our templates are a little little off here. But uh, the podcast is sponsored by and partnered by the Fantasy Points Media Group, uh, which is part of the Fantasy Points. Um, fantasypoints.com. I cannot stress enough how it is my one-stop shop for everything, for podcast preparation, for article writing, um, just looking up something to debate somebody on. Whatever the case is, I don't have to jump around websites anymore. Everything is found through the fantasypoints.com. They have an awesome rookie guide. I know the draft's coming up, but you can still use that rookie guide prepping for your rookie drafts available through an app. So check that all out, um, fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. My promo code to get an extra um, percentage off there is 21WIN10. So again, fantasy points. All right, so we got a good show ahead of everybody today. Um, talking two topics, dynasty advice and the NFL draft. So I wanted a little bit of a mixture here, especially with three guys. But let me introduce these guys one by one um, and let them plug themselves because all three of these guys are guys I respect. Um, so I wanted them all on the show here. Uh, to start things off, I got Amar. Um, right, right for Rotoviz. I actually caught Amar on Happy Hour um, this past Friday with some people. So that was cool to catch you on there. Uh, also just saw you on my guy Kevin uh, Coleman's show. Kevin is one of my best friends through uh, – the, the Twitter space here. So it was nice to see um, you get on his show as your first podcast. And then you jump over to mine for your second podcast. So that is awesome in itself. So Amar, can you tell everybody, cause it'll be on iTunes and things like that. Where can we find you on social media? And then what you got going on, man? So my Twitter name is Amar Gaber. My first and last name, A-M-R-G-A-A-B-R. You can find me on Twitter. I do, as Nick said, right for rotoviz.com or rotoviz.com. Um, you can find me on there. I just wrote a Jonathan Taylor article, actually. I'm writing a piece about CD Lamb upcoming. I'm um, talking about how I think I'm going to be hyperbolic, but I think he's going to be my dynasty wide receiver, too, overall. Um, and I'm also writing a wide receiver research piece talking about when wide receivers break out, when they kind of fail, when to kind of sell them, when to kind of uh, buy them again. So those are some things you can be on the lookout for at Rotoviz. Awesome, awesome, and the, that first uh, wide receiver topic is going to be interesting because that's uh, that's usually very debatable between everybody. Yeah, but is. I can see the case without reading it. I can see the case being made for that. Um, also with me, Jeremy. It's not his first time or his second time on the podcast. This guy's just so good. I just have to keep knocking on his door as much as possible. But again, Jeremy, yards per fantasy, SPGN. Fantasy Scouts, Dynasty Mafia. You host the Fantasy Playmakers. That's primarily your show with another guest. Um, Smash Accept podcast involved with as well. Uh, Jeremy, tell everybody where we can find you. And uh, if you want to just touch base on all the things you got going on, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Um, DMs are always open, especially around draft time here. If you have any questions in the rookie drafts, feel free to shoot them over. I try to get back to you in a reasonable amount of time. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm just kind of writing articles over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Yards Per. Um, not too much. I really kind of took a couple days off here after doing all the rookie threads and everything kind of just came to a culmination here and I'm just waiting for the draft on Thursday. So not too much in the works yet, but after the draft, I'm sure I'll have some landing spot pieces and stuff like that coming out. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I will say, and I've said it before, uh, those rookie threads have been some of my favorite pieces of um, incoming rookie content because reading articles and stuff like that is always great. But I think just getting to the point and looking at some clips and some of your input on that has always been really good to uh, to look at. Um, last guest here with us today is John. Uh, John, for the love of Sunday, uh, you got that going on. Um, mm -hmm. You were making a drink before the show. I know you're a bartender and always stirring some stuff up. Me and you actually ran into each other on one of the Rum Boys After Dark. I think you're a more frequent guest than I am. I also uh, had some nice conversations with you in the past on Clubhouse as well. So it's nice to get uh, on the mic here face-to-face -face again and, and talk some football. So, John, uh, where can we find you and what, what's up, man? 
Yeah, nothing much. Uh, like you said, yeah, I was mixing up drinks. I had a drink uh, I, in honor of your big Steffi Smalls news. I made a I made a drink specifically for her. It's called I'm calling it a Smalls Spritz. So Smalls Spritz. A Smalls Spritz. It's a little bit of little bit of peach vodka, a little bit of uh, Campari, a little elderflower liqueur, and then obviously I had to top it with White Claw. So <laughs> hey. I got I'm like I'm got a heavy I got a heavy drink going right now. I got a real heavy drink. So um that's for her that's for you congratulations on that that's gonna be a great show i can't wait to tune in and um yeah people can find me basically the podcast for the love of sundays ftls uh you can look it up anywhere my grandfather can find it you can find it um just just google search ftls or google search for the love of sundays uh apple itunes everywhere um you know me and my best friend brian we've grown up together we've known each other since we were infants um we've been competitive ever since we were infants we hate each other we love each other so this podcast is just basically our trials and tribulations going through fantasy and going through the game and the, cause that's what it is. We tend to forget that. And we tend to kind of throw that by yep. the wayside is that this is a game that we're just having fun with. And so um, it's a bunch of meta analysis of weird data points. So we should have fun with it. And that's what this show is all about. It's kind of silly. We talk about what we love to do on Sundays, talk about what we're drinking, talk about some bad beats. Um, we get into big thing that we're doing right now is our rankings for fantasy pros. Um, Brian is, uh, you know, top five, he was top 10 accuracy and then top five last year. So it's, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, we're getting our, pretty you good. know, our, we're getting pretty good. We're getting pretty good at it. We're starting to understand, um, sort of projections and models and things like that. And so that really takes up a lot of our off season. We just have this huge spreadsheet of every, uh, every roster, break them down, grade them, uh, give them sort of rankings and, and ratings on that and that standpoint, and then submit it to Fantasy Pros. So uh, that's really where you can find us. I don't write much. I used to write all the time. Uh, I don't have the time to do it as much as anymore, which is sad. Uh, but if I do, it's usually on goingfor2.com or with the Rum Boys. So if you see one of my articles, know that I put a lot of effort into it. I don't write often. Um, so please read it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I've been bouncing around. I'd love to do shows like this. And like I said, I appreciate you and appreciate everything you've been doing. So it's fun that I get to come on and talk football. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, awesome stuff uh, you got going on. Appreciate the shout out. Do have the new show coming up every Thursday, starting in May with Steffi Small. So I am, I am uh, very excited about that. Should be, should be a good, uh, good team up right there. So we got that going on. Um, so today on the podcast, Dynasty advice, NFL draft. We got both of those topics coming up here in just a second. all right so first topic we got going on today is some dynasty advice um i think for those that play dynasty uh, or might be new to it. Um, it's nice to hit on this topic because uh, you know, as content producers, we can't just all assume that everybody's a fantasy analyst all the time. Uh, I'd say probably a good chunk of my um, personal uh, content consumers are not, not all analysts. You know, I have people back home, um, other casual fantasy players. So for those playing dynasty, I think this time of the year is sometimes confusing on what we should do and, and things like that. So uh, I did want to touch on a few topics here, and we'll just go as a little round table here with uh, some of my questions here. But um, the first question, just going to make it super general. For those that do not play dynasty leagues, so they just play in their uh, their home leagues or just redraft leagues every single year, why why should people play in dynasty leagues? Uh, that's my first question. We can start with Amar. We'll shoot down to Jeremy and, and uh, finish with John here. So Amar, wh why why should people play dynasty? Well, the reason why <clears throat> the reason why I love playing dynasty is because growing up we all played Madden, right? And we were all we all played franchise mode. We all played. We all like own these. Play well, not own these players, but like we we all like targeted players we wanted. We made trades. We did everything that we wanted to do. That's funny. <laughs> First point: Madden franchise mode. You're on the same wave. Um, but like, yeah, it's fun to like be like, yo, I found this player before anyone else did. Yo, I like I was able to. I was able to like 
get this player. Like I like it's fun going to your friends and being like, yo, this like you should keep an eye on this player. And then he hits, and when it comes back to you, it's like, yo, thank you for the advice. Thank you for looking out for me. So like the reason why I love playing Dynasty so much is like being able to like it's a it's a year over year kind of kind of uh, league. Um, it doesn't finish. It doesn't finish once the NFL season's over. You keep playing year round. Uh, I think I just I just love it because like you get to keep tracks on all these players that you love. Um, as you can see, um, uh, Nick has all those jerseys in the background of like all of his favorite players. Which I mean, that's what we all do. We want to we want to cheer for our favorite players. We want to make sure that everyone like succeeds as much as we want to. So that's one of the reasons why I love playing Dynasty so much. All right, Jer- Jeremy, why why Dynasty when it comes to fantasy football? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just kind of build off of a Mars there. I, I I personally like the same thing, you know, finding that guy, that diamond in the rough, like, st- quick story. I found Kenny Galladay, like, not necessarily found him, but, like, I drafted him. <laughs> I drafted him in, like, a – What do we got a, here? In a, <laughs> in a league that – yeah, you just walked by. No. But, yeah, <laughs> I uh, drafted him in a league before, like, anybody knew, like, that first year. And then we – he – broke out and I was super excited. And then the next year someone dropped out, we had to redraft and then he lost them. And it's like that guy that nobody was like hyping up, you get to pick him and you find him and then you keep to keep him. you know what I mean? Or you can trade him away, whichever, but like, it's just finding that diamond in the rough and kind of building basically a dynasty, you know what I mean? And you get to keep these guys. If you have a good team versus redraft where with redraft, you got to be a very good drafter. Like if you're not a good drafter, Dynasty kind of is probably your way. You only got to draft once, and then you got little rookie drafts where you can build teams through trades. So I don't know. I just like the accomplishment of just rebuilding teams. I think that's always fun. There's just a lot of different aspects to it where it's just like Amar said too, all year round. It's something that I don't know. I just enjoy it a lot. And I think that the platform just builds to, like you guys said, Madden franchise moments, everything you grew up on. So, John, what, uh, What's your um? What's your take here? Why 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 dynasty? If, if people are maybe considering it or never played before, if you are considering it, I will. I'll tell you this: if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to this show right now, you should be playing in dynasty because you are committed. You, you there is no off season for you. You're you're here to play to win. So, hey, I, think hey, that, hey. I I think that you should a hundred percent get into it because there is no off season. Like these guys said. You know, you're constantly moving, you're constantly tinkering and, and retooling, and there is no offseason. There is no itch to like, I want to play, I want to play. You're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm always, I always got something going on. If I, if I got the itch, I go into my couple of my dynasty leagues and I start looking at trades that I might want to make, or I start doing this and start, you know, looking at waiver wire stuff. And it's, there's always something to do in dynasty. And I think that's what I like about it the most is I, I can always keep my fantasy brain clicking. Uh, whereas redraft when I first started in fantasy football and it was just redraft and it was like, okay, season's over, wash my hands. And then I'll call me again in six months, seven months. And it's, so this is much more fun. It's much more committed. Um, and you tend to build these sort of like rivalries, which is great. It's, it's just a much more competitive, fun format. Redraft is great. Don't get me wrong. I totally, I still do a couple of redraft leagues with home friends and I love them. But there's just something different about Dynasty and like winning a Dynasty title where you're like, man, this is this feels good. This feels really good. Yeah, I personally think it's harder even just to build off of that. You know, like that Dynasty just it it just kind of like you said, that rivalry, too. That's always fun, especially I got a couple hometown leagues, you know, with guys that I grew up with. And it's always just like, oh, I'm playing you this week. And it's just like you're just kind of trash talking, like in your private messages and stuff. It's always fun. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and anytime we were talking off air, there's little bits of news, right? So yep. all these little bits of news that come out, if you're in a dynasty league, you can either a take advantage of the hype or the, or the lack of hype, or B you can just talk trash to the rest of your league and say, Hey, look, my, <laughs> you know, my guy's getting all this praise from Adam Schefter or, you know, yada, 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 whatever. Yep. And it's just a, a way to keep things going year round. So yeah, I'm a big, Dude, I have a great, I'm, uh, no, keep going. I have a no, great no, no, Kenny Gatti story. Uh, in my one of my home leagues, my friend who went to NIU because Kenny Gotti went to NIU, um, yep. he drafted him after Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Like he drafted him at 103. And everyone was like, What are you doing? Like, why are you drafting Kenny Gotti? Like, you could have got him in the third, fourth round, but he ended up blowing the next year, and everyone was like, Yo, give me Kenny Gallaudet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, like, I he think, was able to get yeah. okay. 
Yeah, I think all, all good points all all, uh, all together there. I, I feel like I feel like at some point all of us probably started with redraft and we we love you know playing fantasy football and I think it just kind of clicks for you like hey there's this extra layer of more of a commitment, more of taking it a little bit more serious and you know thinking not just in the now but in the short term and in the long term of things. Um, I, I mean if if you played dynasty for a while, uh, I think nothing's better than seeing a guy you've you know, hung on to break out, you know, year two, year three, um, and really pan out for you or, you know, snatching that guy in the waivers, um, that never should have been there. And, and now he's a great asset. So, uh, I, I think, I think it's very challenging. You guys kind of alluded to that as well. Um, it is very, very different. There's so much strategy that goes into it and the strategy is, is different than redraft. And we'll get into um, a little piece of, uh, of that, um, strategy in a second here, but yeah, I, I do encourage everybody. Hey, if you're, if you're a, a fantasy football geek like the three of us, the four of us here, um, get, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Kevin chimed in and said something about uh, Debbie leagues. Not something I've done before, but uh, you know, t- testing new things is always fun. I, I tried fantasy hockey this year. I mean, not a little off topic, but I mean, it's, it's fun. And, yeah, hey, I'm in the cha- I'm in the championship. I'm in the there championship. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. What I got Ovechkin. Ovechkin's out like. For I don't know a couple days or some shit like that. So mm. we'll see. We'll what see I, how it what goes. About funny. Um, I'll, to build up your point, Nick, about playing yeah. like for the first time ever, like a, a different sport. I played fantasy baseball for the first time ever this year. Like for the first time ever, and I'm in the there championship. I have no idea how that works. Like, how is it the first time we're like in the championships on the first year? Like, like all these players, like they do, they do in and outs. Like they keep log sheets, all this stuff, and they come in this first year. I don't understand it. <laughs> I, that drives that might, that might dude, that literally drives me crazy. Like when someone comes in, I've been doing all this research, and they're in the championship the first year. It's like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing <laughs> wrong? All right. So when it comes to let's let's build further on the dynasty. I got two more topics here, and then then we'll get into the the draft. But um, so we're talking about encouraging people. What's up, Trav? Uh, we're talking about encouraging some people to actually play dynasty, right? Now, like flip the switch a little bit. What what actually makes what's the spark no version maybe of what makes a good dynasty manager? Because I'm sure we've all been in leagues where we have those guys that are extremely, extremely active and really get after it and do tons of research and have spreadsheets and you know are sending trades every day. And then we've had the opposite where people are in dynasty and they don't really pay too much attention. They don't want to um, you know, trade. They don't want to pay attention to the waivers, things like that. I mean, you have this big range of dynasty players. Um, so what do you makes a good dynasty manager? And we'll just keep doing like a snake here. We'll go Jeremy to John to Amara here. So Jer- Jeremy, what, what stands out to you making a good dynasty manager? I think I always, if anybody's even just starting or whatever, I preach just like fluidity. You know what I mean? Like be able to move with the market and like, it's really a stock market. It honestly is. There's player values change week in and week out. I mean, I remember last year, I loved Joshua Kelly, drafted him. He broke out week one. Someone offered me a second, and I was like, nah. And now he's probably going to get cut. So, you know what I mean? You got to just like, you just got to stay fluid with it almost. And like, sometimes if you can, it's hard. I do it, but like, take like the emotion out of it sometimes. It gets a little, you get tied to some guys. Oh. And it's like, for example, that, you know what I mean? And it's like, I could have a second round pick for a guy drafted in like the fourth and, uh, but yeah, I think just stay fluid and open and just stay active. That's the key for me. Just always be open, listen to offers, try and make some trades. Just that's pretty much it. The, uh, the side comment about, you know, being emotionally involved, like emotions being played into it. My, my worst thing when it comes to dynasty is behind you right here, because I feel like that's like my lock. That's my commitment to a guy. Like if this guy's on my roster, I get the Jersey. Somebody's sending me an offer. I'm like, fuck, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. No, but I, uh, I just got this Jersey. What do you yeah. want from me? Also, also add in there, change up your roster because I looked at all my rosters this off season and realized every single team has Kelvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd. And if one of them gets hurt, I am toast. So change it up so that at least you, at least you have like, if someone gets hurt, you have rosters that are still competitive versus where I'm going to have nothing and just donated money. To yeah, stick with your God. stock portfolio, <laughs> it's to yeah. diversify your portfolio. Yeah. To stick with I don't your, do that. Know, I do not do that. You got to do that. I don't either. All my, all my stuff looks I'm the same. Like it's, 
It's a spider. It's like that Spider-Man gif. It's like, or yep. gif, whatever yeah. the hell it's called. It's each of my rosters looking at each movies. other. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> all, exactly. Yeah, they all look the same. They all look the same. I'm not, I'm not changing any player. If I'm all in, I want to see them all in. That's <laughs> awesome. John, yeah, John, I think, John. I think that's probably my advice to be active. Always try and stay active in the league. And because Dynasty, especially for new Dynasty players, is there is no offseason. So if you got to stay active, you got to stay on top of things, always – you know, check, check the waiver wire, check who got dropped, all this stuff. It's again, it's just a grind. It's a year round grind. So um, my advice is stay active and, and think about a two to three year window that think in dicey terms, don't think this, I, I, a lot of people will think this year, which is a redraft mentality. And sometimes you meet dynasty players that will think too far in the future you're like, no, you, you still got to kind of win, you know, like don't trade away everyone just for picks and keep pushing picks down the line. It's like, so I like to have this two to three year window of, of sort of that's kind of my my end all be all for player production and, and sort of where I think they're going to score and all this different stuff. And so that's my two bits of advice. Stay active and think in a two to three year window. Like it. I like it. Amar, Amar, what comes to mind for uh, being a successful dynasty manager? So basically, you guys are like all have the points already. So all I'm going to do is reiterate it. But basically, um, uh, building off of John's point, like the two to three year window, I do agree with that. Um, also, I have a mentality of like, because people are always like all about like trying to win trades or trying to be or trying to get value. And I'm all, I have the mindset like you're trying to win championships. Like you want to win. Like that's what you want to do is you want to win. Like you don't I, don't, I don't care about a 21 year old who's going to hit for me five years down the line. Like I do, like I'm the biggest like wide receiver ages, but I'm also not going to like trade. I'm not going to trade away like Julio Jones from McCall Hardman and be like, oh, I want to trade because McCall Hardman is 22 years old, but Julio's like 31 years old. Julio's still going to give you like a top 10 season. Are you ever going to get a top 10 season from McCall? I'm not sure. So, like, one of my, so my two biggest piece, bits of advice is, be adaptable, like always just like scour the waiver wires, as Jeremy said, make sure you're on top of things. Just make sure like you're active because like the, the biggest thing with dynasty leagues is when players aren't, aren't active, it's not as fun. Like when you can't talk shit, when you can't like you want it to you want it to be fun. And at the end of the day, you want to win. And as Jeremy said, I mean, as John said, you want to you want to play in a window like you want to like look, if you can win this year, try to put all your chips to win this year. If you're looking at a rebuild. Try to go for rebuild, but don't try to rebuild five to seven years out, the, out. Out, try to build like one or two years out, so you're still strong. So you still go back to that man franchise mode where you're looking to co- essentially compete and dominate your league. Hmm. Yeah, I think the common the common thing said between everybody is being active, right? I, I think in a redraft league, you can be active, you can trade, you can play the waivers, but it's very, very much more laid back and put the players out on, on Sunday or Thursday, whatever the day is and, and let it roll. Um, with dynasty though, I mean, you're talking about committing to a team for a decade, right? So, I mean, being super active this past season with the waiver wire, depending on the depth of your league, some leagues and dynasties are extremely deep. Some are not as deep. I'm in, I'm in both sort of uh, dynasty leagues, but this past season, James Robinson, right? If you paid attention to things, you play the waivers, could be a good asset. Miles Gaskin this past season, I don't know what you know his future holds, but he was very good for this past season for when he was healthy. Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, Mike Davis might have been sitting on waivers and was awesome this season. So, you know, paying attention to things, playing your waivers, um, not being super satisfied either with your team, I think is big. Uh, my, my brother, I'm not... You know, he does some P2W stuff every now and then. I'm not a big fan of his, to be honest. Don't really like the guy, but he did say something good uh, about, you know, a, a good team in a dynasty does not. Yeah, we give each other some shit all the time. It's all good. But um, he did say that good, good dynasty teams, even if they are in first place, you know, shouldn't always be settled uh, with their, their roster, should always be thinking ahead on, hey, how can I make this roster better for next year, this year, and, and so on. So I think just, Always wanting to uh, boost that roster, always wanting to be active, things like that is really important for dynasties. Um, you you mentioned uh, briefly, Amar, trading. We'll get into that uh, right now. Um, I think it's very tough. I think it's very tough in dynasty leagues to trade because, like we said before, I think Jeremy, you know, touched on it. There's some you know emotional attachments. Some teams like to have all the same guys, so it's hard to like pry away 
that, you know, wide receiver, that Ridley, or, you know, if, if someone is hanging on, I'm a big Eckler guy hanging on Eckler, things like that. So I think trading in dynasty is tough because, you know, in redraft, it's like, it is what it is. You know, you make a mistake. It is what it is. You make a good trade. It is what it is. And dynasty though, that trade can have an effect for multiple years. So um, when it comes to trading and dynasty leagues, can you give guys that are starting off maybe they just did a startup, maybe they are brand new. Can you give uh, the audience here a piece of advice for dynasty trading? And we'll start with, uh, with John on this one. Um, the biggest one, and this is, I say it in redraft too. Don't be afraid to lose a trade. Like it's going to happen. You know, it's going to, and especially in dynasty. Like if it, if you think that this trade is going to help your team right now, make it and, and, and live with the consequences and, and work with it and, and adapt. And don't think that this is an end all be all. I traded away a rookie Alvin Kamara. So I, I mean, look, it can happen. And again, now here I am hindsight 2020, like that was stupid. I gave up what was a superstar for Melvin Gordon, um, which Melvin Gordon was fine. You know, Melvin Gordon's a good player, but I could have had Alvin Kamara forever. And so, you know, I think that's one thing. And especially with dynasty, because it is this sort of forever mentality, you don't get to draft again at the end of the year or next year, people get scared. Cause they're like, I don't want to lose this trade because then I'm going to look like an idiot. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's not, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, Don't worry about it. So that's the one thing I'll say. And, and once you start making trades, even if you're not afraid to lose, people in the league will start to realize, oh, I can go to this player with trades. They are an active player. If you never trade and you because you're always afraid to lose a trade, so you never do it unless you're going to absolutely win the trade, then people won't come to you with more trades. And so then it becomes you become a tough trade partner and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the person that everyone in the league goes, eh, I don't want to trade with that guy because he has to win. the He has to win the trade or else it's he's not going to do it. And so that's kind of my point. I think don't be afraid, make trades. If you think it's good at the time and if it helps your team at the time, so be it. Um, that's kind of my advice with Dynasty. It's it's scary, but it's, you got to do it. I, I do like that a lot because I feel like even on you know fantasy Twitter, we see nonstop you know, who, who won this trade, who won this trade without right. context too because sometimes, you know, League mates might focus on that. Hey, on paper, I won this trade. This is good. But in reality, I mean, you can you can lose a trade, but make your team better in Dynasty. I mean, it, it's a fact for guys that actually play. So I think I like that about, you know, not worrying about the winning and the losing because then it it, it makes people hold back. I had a guy who was in, um, and he told me this, he was in a, a home league, Dynasty League, and he actually told me that he hesitated trading for a long time because a lot of people – um, gave him shit about a trade that he made that ended up being a bad trade and he hesitated trading and that affects the whole league. So, uh, I, I like that point a lot. Um, Amar dynasty trading. Do you have any piece of advice that comes to mind first when it comes to, uh, that topic? Well, I am the opposite of John. I like pain. So I will lose trades on purpose so I can do, so I can keep trading later on. Cause like, if, cause like, as you say, you want it, like everyone wants to win a trade. I, I have no idea why I have no idea. Like, like how we got this mentality, but like you have to win if you do make a trade. Like there's no, like, like when someone makes a trade, it's like, did I win or did I lose? It's like I, that doesn't matter at all. Like that should that should not be like first question. Like did I win? Did I lose? It's like did it help to make with your team? Like, and the another thing is you should never trade position for position. Like never trade a running back for a running back. Like that that doesn't help your team. Doesn't make you better. Doesn't do anything. And in the long run, you're most likely gonna look like an ass because you most likely either fleece the guy or you either, you're either going to um, hurt your uh, relationship partners with that person. So what well, my mentality is like, try to find, try to find value. First of all, in your trades, when you make your trades, like try to find value, try to find players that can help your team. Like if you don't have a good tight end, try to find, try to find a way to make your overall starting lineup roster better. And don't be afraid to lose a trade. If you lose a trade, so be it. But like, don't also don't give people like shit. Like if you can, if you can handle like, like shit talking like that, that's cool. But like, don't like don't like barge a person just because he lost a trade because that's no fun. And both both of you guys mentioned um, you know relationships after trading you know and, and wanting to keep some decent ones. I th I think that's important too because if you end up being the guy that's always like you mentioned looking to looking to flee somebody, people are going to avoid your trades all the time. Or when you mm -hmm. say hey you know 
blah, blah, blahs on the block. And then you're, you're that guy that's fleecing all the time. And you're the first one knocking on the door that that manager is going to probably wait to hear from other people first. You know, I think, I think your dynasty leagues, you don't have to be super nice and hold each other's hands all the time, but at the same time, people remember, you know, who their trade partners were and how trades went, especially if you're in those long time leagues. So good, good points there. Um, down to Jeremy, Jeremy dynasty trading, any advice that stands out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just will build off of what they said. They kind of just nailed it all there, but I agree with Amar definitely too, where it's do what's best for your team. You know what I mean? Like just because the trade doesn't seem great, doesn't mean it's not great for you. Like if you have to give up two firsts to get T Higgins, because you need a third wide receiver or second wide receiver. I mean, it's probably worth it. I mean, who we don't know what these rookies are going to be. So don't always go in thinking, oh, I'm giving up two first-round picks that are going to be total, like they're going to hit and it's going to be great. Like, you don't know. You could be giving up two guys that never play for anybody. You don't, you know what I mean? It's just a bunch of, it's just a big gamble and don't be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, there's times that I make trades and I look back and I go, oof. That was rough. You know what I mean? And I, I sit here and I look at these guys and I start watching them in like college. And then like I get to the NFL and it's like, I sit there and think like, oh, I should have a, like a hundred percent hit rate. Meanwhile, it's like 25. So like it, mm. nobody ever knows, like just be willing to make trades. I mean, it makes it fun. You know what I mean? Move the rosters around. Like if you have the same roster, like we were discussing there where I'm going to be totally screwed if Kelvin Ridley goes down, but like, <laughs> it's more fun to just like, you know, I mean, everybody's fan. Like, there's guys that are fantasy viable. So, like, why not change up your roster so that you can? I think it's more fun when, I, like, you can root for more people and just, I don't know, just kind of be like a respectful trade partner. You know, get back to guys yeah. in time. Don't leave stuff open. Sometimes I'm guilty of that, and I always get crap in my home league because they're like, "Sent you a trade like seven days ago," and I'm like, "Sorry, my notifications aren't on." You know what I mean? And then I yeah. look like, and I feel bad. You know what I mean? It's like, oh crap, like sorry, <laughs> you know, and. Then I get the, then I'm the reverse, you know, like when I send one and I'm like, why is this guy not answering me? You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> it's been 10 minutes. It's, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Like what the, what's going on here? But yeah. <laughs> so like, just kind of just be nice. So I guess really just like you, you can talk normal crap if it's like your friends, but if you're in leagues, like with guys on Twitter, don't like, not everybody knows everything. So just cause the yeah. trade on surface looks like it's really bad in one year from now, you could be laughing cause the guy made the right choice. So. Yep, could could be way. I also different. want to say one more thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But read the room. Like always, read the room. Like don't talk. Yeah. Don't talk shit to someone that you don't know. Don't like. Don't come in and be like, "Oh, I beat. Uh, I I won that trade, man." Like you're never gonna like. Don't do that because like then they're not gonna come back. They're not gonna want to trade you, and then you're not gonna end up being in the league. Just always read the room. Like make sure you have built relationships before you do anything that's not smart. Yeah, not only that too, actually, to build, sorry, Nick, to keep going oh, here, no, but no, you're good, I actually you're have, uh, there's a couple guys who reach out to me on Twitter re regularly and like know your league though, because not every, every league trades the same. So for example, mm -hmm. like I'm sitting here telling them you should be able to get a first round pick for Hollywood Brown. And he's like, not in this league. Like I, I can barely get him, get a second for him. You know what I mean? Like some leagues you can't just reach out because people are different. You know what I mean? Like it, even in my home league, my friends always feel like, cause they don't pay much attention. So they're like, well, why do you want this guy? So yeah. like, yep. know your league. Like, so sometimes like you might have to give up more than what somebody on Twitter might tell you because it's just the way that they are. You know what I mean? Your league might just be different and it's completely possible. So just know that too, you know? Values are very different too. Just building off of that mm -hmm. league, the league. So, um, good, good points all around. Um, two things that stand out. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you run a league, you're the commissioner. Encourage trades. I I run a league um, that I started this past season. It's an IDP league, uh, you know, full IDP dynasty. But there was a, a slow time, and then out of nowhere, some guys started making some trades, and I'm in the group chat, and I'm just like, damn, this this league's popping off today. I'm encouraging it because when it's encouraged, then people are like, oh, this is this this makes sense. This is part of dynasty, and and and, and encourages guys to make those moves. Um, the other thing that I've kind of switched my mentality on to when it comes to trades. Start looking more so, I mean, you obviously know the guys you want to go after and you know the team needs that you have, but you really need to look at the other team's team outlook as well because, you know, I think too often people just send these flat trades that um, they're not really considering, hey, what does this other guy's team really need? I think if you can find the need of another team and address that need while trying to get after your guy, 
that makes a lot more sense than just going to a calculator and say, hey, how do I make this trade even? Because again, if, if a guy's stacked on uh, wide receivers and you're offering him wide receivers for his running back, it might not always work out. So always look at the other team um, in a dynasty and say, hey, what does this team really need right now? How could I push to, to fill a team need while also getting my guy? So um, good. Yeah, good points all around by that. Um, dynasty leagues, just just do them. Do them. If you're not doing them right oh, now, one more. take, take. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I have one more. This is a sales tactic, though. Never go in with the player you want. Whenever you're mm. making a trade, never go after the player you want. Always try to, always shoot shoot for the sky, but always be ready to fall on the like, on like your third or fourth option. But that's that's only that that only comes from my sales background. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mars over here selling us like going. cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> over here, see, if you're in a league with Amar, watch out. He has a strategy. Hey, hey, he does. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good stuff on dynasties. Let's shift over. We got the big draft on Thursday. Everybody in the world is going to be on a show or hosting a show. There's going to be tons of action. Um, I'm just going to be sitting back and watching myself, but uh, a lot of interesting topics. I mean, every day there's some new rumors or, uh, you know, the guys are weighing each other out, things like that. I think we're all just ready for this draft to actually happen so we can move on from all the speculation and just go on to the next hot topic of debating. But um, going into the NFL draft now, so uh, let's look at the running back position, landing spot. So last season we saw the impact of a guy landing in the right spot, you know, that impacted our rookie drafts. Um, personally, I remember seeing – loads of debates. Is it Jonathan Taylor? Is it DeAndre Swift before the draft? Personally, that's what I saw a lot of. I think a lot of us can relate to that. But come draft time, a lot of leagues, the one-on-one was not either one of those guys for the position in general. It was CEH landing with Kansas City for a lot of leagues. Maybe not every league, but it was. The landing spot was huge. So looking ahead to this NFL draft on Thursday, which team would be a prime landing spot for a running back and who would you like to see there? So what, which team stands out as, Hey, they need a running back. And I would love for this guy to be there. Um, Amar, we can start with you and then just go back to our little snake here. All right. So I'm going to come off of the top rope. I'm coming in super high. So my team that I would want to see is a running back. He's my running back. in one It's going to be Javante Williams. And I would love to see him on the Cardinals. If he went to the Cardinals, I think, I think he would be, I'm not going to say one-on-one because everyone, everyone's in love with Najee Harris, but I feel like if you trade back out of the one-on-one, you can get some value. I feel like Javante Williams is going to end up being the best running back out of this class. All right, so Amar is saying Javante Williams to the Arizona Cardinals would be extremely appealing to him. Jeremy, what, what, what uh, in your opinion, would be extremely appealing here? And we got Justin saying the Jets. Ah, uh, the Jets. Jeremy, what's, what's your take, though? Uh, I like the Cardinals take by the way Amar and I agree I think Javante <laughs> Williams is the best player oh, the question is is does he fall that far I'm really I'm really convinced that three running backs are going in the first round just because yeah, I'm I think, convinced, I'm gonna go. I think that like now this is the way that I'm looking at it because I just had this conversation with someone else too I feel like it's a very like scarce position this year and in the NFL they draft for scarcity first you know what I mean like yeah there's a ton of good linemen there's a ton of good defensive players there's a ton of wide receivers but the NFL knows that there's only those three running backs. And then after that, you're getting compliment guys. So I think that there we might see three. And I think I'm going to go with like a little homer here. I'm going to say Travis Etienne to the Bills just because I've seen a lot of rumors lately. And I think that the Bills still just don't like their running backs. I think Devin Singletary and Moss are all right. I mean, they're decent kind of complimentary type guys, but they really need a workhorse back there to get some of the pressure off of Josh having to run and – I think ETN fits it well. He's obviously proven that he can do well with screens. He's a decent pass catching back. And I just, I really, I mean, I would be ecstatic, but I just, I like that fit. I think it'll be a nice fit. Either that or like uh, Tyler had said, the Jets there. I think that's, uh, or whoever popped up with that comment. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Sorry. Just, just hey, naming name people in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I just made up a name, honestly, Justin. I'm sorry. The the uh, the bills though, <laughs> the the bills were like that juicy landing spot in free agency. You know there was all these rumors like, hey, what if Aaron Jones went there? Um, and I feel like the uh, the bills landing spot is kind of quieted down a little bit. But you know, yeah, knowing knowing 
Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Um, I know that there's a few guys, you know, in that backfield, but nobody stands out as, Hey, he is the the running back one. We know in the goal line area, the running back one is Josh Allen, but everywhere else on the field, we see this fluctuation of guys up and down. So, um, I think knowing that the bills offense is so strong that, yeah, if a guy like Etienne's in that offense, that's extremely appealing. And he might take the running back one away from Josh at the goal line when they actually have a running back hey, who can get like, in yeah. the end zone. Might impact actually, Josh uh, Allen's yeah. uh, upside. I actually read about that how they were, how Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott um, actually don't want like a can 2.0 because they can't took all those hits uh, on the goal line. So they want Josh Allen to stay more upright for the second contract. That's mm-hmm. why they're looking at running back hardcore. In the first I mean, round. it would make sense. I mean, that, yeah. I trust me. I watch every Bills game uh, through the heartbreak and through the knot and. Sometimes I'm like, why are they running with him? But that's the, literally the only person who gets yardage. Like mm-hmm. Devin Singletary makes some plays on screens, and just I don't like Zach Moss. Sorry, like Ball Blast and all of them. I just uh, <laughs> I, I cried when they drafted Zach Moss. Of course, I cried when they drafted Josh Allen. So that tells you everything. So oh, I'll just man. be quiet now. Oh, Continue. <laughs> I'm the opposite though. Seeing seeing Josh Allen do the uh, the fake handoffs and going into the end zone, I have too many shares of Allen. So I was like yeah. always. Oh, it's, yeah, it's exciting. I, yeah. I love it. No, no, I love no, it. No. I love too, but I just, for the no, long-term I, benefit of my team franchise, your I organization for a running back. Makes sense. Makes sense. John, when it comes to the running back position, what's a what's a juicy landing spot here um, for a guy in this draft, and who, who, who would you like to see there if that could be the case? So it, it's funny. I was building out all my, you know, this spreadsheet again with all the sort of rosters and current rosters and where people are. And the biggest hole to me, and what's good about doing this is pre-draft, is you get to see where teams have holes and where teams need players. To me, Atlanta Falcons need a running back so badly, like so badly. Pre-cutting Ito Smith, pre-cutting you know, cutting Todd Gurley, pre-anything else. And then they bring in Mike Davis, and, and I get it. Mike Davis is good. Mike Davis had a great time in Carolina when, when you know CMC was down, but you can't tell me that Atlanta Falcons are going to go into the season with Mike Davis as their running back and no one behind him. So to me, I would love to see a do it all back, a three down back, you know, everyone, you know, Najee Harris is a great one. You know, everyone wants to see that. I don't think they have the draft capital to get Najee Harris. So I'm going to say Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I would love to see him, uh, you know, a home run hitter, you know, fast as the wind, anything can, you know, really, you're going to be so focused on Ridley Julio and Kyle Pitts at four, you know? So you're going to be so focused on that, that you, all of a sudden you're going to see this guy come out of the backfield and just rip off chunks the same way we saw JK Dobbins rip off chunks. Um, you know, I want to see a, a speed fast back in that Atlanta backfield uh, to compliment Mike Davis. Cause Mike Davis is not really this like threat to hit a home run, but you pair him with someone who is, it could be really interesting. It, it could be a great landing spot. So I think Atlanta to me is a sneaky place where day two, they could grab someone. And all of a sudden that's the guy who becomes this. Why weren't we talking about this guy? And you're like, Oh, well, because it's just landing spot and skill position in, in Atlanta to me makes the most sense. So I would love to see, I'm going, I'm going Chuba in, in Atlanta. I think Javante might fall to them, honestly. That I mean, I come on. I mean, if you're going to give I me mean, that. You're looking at, I think he's like, fine, fine, fine. I, just, I, know, I know I said they were all going to go. I know they said they were all going to go in the first round, but Atlanta's right at the cusp of that second round, and mm-hmm. that's pretty high for Chuba, but, I mean, they could take him. But if one of these guys fall, I can't – I honestly, not to plug my own work, but I have a landing spot article at <laughs> at uh, the Gambling Podcast Network, and I listed Atlanta as one of them too. I think it was Atlanta, the Jets, and the – Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think, I mean, Atlanta would be great. There's so many like just touches and everything from the running back position. And I agree Chuba there. If they wait, Chuba paired with Mike Davis would be great. Mm. I love that. And the defense yeah. still stinks. So they're oh, going to yeah. have to score points like crazy. There's too many they holes do. on that defense to yeah. fix the defense in one off season. So I think if Atlanta doesn't trade Julio, doesn't trade Matt Ryan and they keep the band together for at least another season, then they're going to have to just score a ton of points every game, which you like. You like for fantasy, obviously. I also think, I think they might has take the most vacated touches and targets. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think they're mm-hmm. pretty close. Mm-hmm. And to, to think that they're done just because of the you know date bringing in Davis. I mean, we, we we like what Davis did this past season, but I think it'd be foolish to think that hey, they have other holes to fill. They're fine at running back. So yeah. uh, good 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 point with the Falcons. I, I think you know the the big the big talk. I think today and yesterday 
bringing up the Steelers. They have interest in Najee Harris. Um, Steelers were the worst rushing offense this past season, but they scored the 12th most points. So obviously that was very lopsided. They, they really need to address that position right there. You know, some guys still have faith in McFarland and uh, maybe some Benny Snell guys out there, but I think just the, um, the Steelers in general, seeing that last season, they were an offense that did get up the field. I think the, the running back in that situation would have some good opportunities there. Um, so that, that one's talked about a lot. Um, shift over to the wide receiver position. So same sort of question, uh, prime landing spot for a wide receiver. Um, if you want to say who'd you like to see there, that'd be great too. Um, I'll, I'll just throw this one out there to start and then we'll go to Jeremy, but the Titans between Johnu Smith and Corey Davis, 157 vacated targets. Now, um, Anthony Ferkser might be a sleeper tight end. Um, I think they have Josh Reynolds floating in that system right now, but, uh, I think the Titans need a complimentary, uh, complimentary, guy, if I said that right, to uh, A.J. Brown and just seeing, you know, Corey Davis have some good weeks this past season and all those vacated targets, you'd like to see, I don't know, one of the two Moors go there, Elijah or Rondale. Um, I think just, you know, having the opportunity, that's that's what's big for me, opportunity for volume. And I think the Titans are a spot for that. So I'd really like to see a guy that I invested in go to the Titans. Um, Jeremy for, uh, again, wide receiver position, what would be a good landing spot? I love the Titans, by the way. Another one, but I want Rashad Bateman there. But um, uh, I, the Lions, the Lions have to be this for me. I just think that they have no one. I mean, they got Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perryman, Khalif Raymond, Quintess Cephas. Cephas. That's that's their. I have so much hey. Quintess Cephas because until they signed like these three guys who may not play, um, but I just think at seven they might take somebody and if they take somebody at seven that's just like like yeah that's like one five one six in rookie drafts i just think that there's just too much opportunity there and i know the big knocks on jared goff but i think jared goff's still definitely viable and definitely he's proven he can have fantasy viable wide receivers so for me especially planning on them probably moving on they're probably gonna be bad they might have a top pick and you might see a good quarterback coming in in the next couple of years like if they land Jalen Waddle or like a Devontae Smith at seven or eight, I I'm all in. And uh the the common thing said by both Jeremy and I is opportunity. And I think that um that's huge for wide receivers because we, we've seen in the past, you know, guys be in nice situations because of good quarterbacks, but at the same time, if the volume is not there and it's not consistent, the fantasy upside's a bit capped. So um John, wide receiver position, what's a great landing spot in your opinion? So if I'm playing dream scenario where I don't have to worry about the draft, I don't have to worry about, I would put Jalen Waddle in Green Bay so fast your head would spin. It would be Ugh. electric. Like that's ele- him. Aaron don't do Jones, this to me. Devontae don't do Adams, this to me. That's electric. That's an offense that I want to get a part of. So I would love to see Green Bay land somebody. Now I want them to get somebody with speed and somebody to really, um, you know, like I said, be a weapon in that offense because they just need somebody other than, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling for whatever <laughs> he's worth and, and anything else other than Devonte Adams. And the other part of why I like green Bay as a landing spot is because it helps a rookie come along when they're next to an alpha. And we can all sit here and say, Devonte Adams is an alpha. So he's going to draw a lot of the strong coverage. He's going to draw a lot of the primary coverage. So then you have a rookie who's getting his feet wet in the NFL, playing with Hall of Fame Aaron Rodgers, getting weak coverage. That's kind of the that's the recipe for what I want for fantasy. You know, that's kind of why Justin Jefferson did so well in a in a lesser degree. You know, he had Adam Thielen there, and so he came along great because he had somebody opposite. Sometimes we get so focused on target volume and we say okay we want this person to go here because he can be the number one a rookie coming in and being the number one being an alpha on a team is really difficult and it's hard for a rookie to do that so i like it a little when they can kind of ease themselves in so to me green bay is that sort of perfect scenario where they need weapons they have a hall of fame quarterback and you also have an alpha on the other side of the field so to me, Green Bay makes the most sense, and if I could put anyone in there, it would be Jalen Waddle because I absolutely love the guy for fantasy. So, 
I like, I like it. I mean, I, I don't like it as a Bears fan. I like it <laughs> as um, uh, talking about fantasy here, but uh, good points there. I mean, the amount of attention that uh, Devonta Adams uh, demands all over the field. I mean, he's going to swallow so much target volume and he's also the best the best red zone target in the NFL. So having another weapon that um, is going to find some space on the field, like you're saying with Waddle, that explosiveness and speed uh, when other people are worried about um, Devonta Adams is going to be, or could be very, very good. Um, so uh, from a fantasy aspect, that would be a great landing spot. Hope they do it from a, from a bears fan uh, aspect. I hope they draft another quarterback or running back, um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do here. Uh, uh, Amar, wide receiver prime landing spot for you for this draft coming up. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about a place that, that I don't think anyone's talked about at all. And that's the chargers. And the reason why I'm talking about the chargers, um, Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Uh, they lost Hunter Henry. Um, Austin Eckler is the only um, receiving option out of the backfield. Justin Herbert showed that he's a very good quarterback. He has a second highest rookie, second highest scoring season at a rookie quarterback since Cam Newton in 2011. The sky's the limit for Justin Herbert. They brought in Brandon Staley from the Rams organization. He's going to be running the same Rams scheme as Sean McVay, or he's going to bring the same principle of schemes. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup gave us top 10 seasons almost two years ago. Cooper Cup gave us a wide receiver four season. So if Justin Herbert can do his thing, Keenan Allen can stay healthy. I know he missed the last four games last year. He's going to be – I think he just turned 29 as well. Um, so I, the, And the, the wide receiver that I'd want, I'd want there – is a mixture between Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman because I don't think mm. they have a jump ball. Well, they do have a jump ball with Mike Williams, but as I said, he can't really stay healthy. It's his fifth year. Um, if they don't pick up his option, he's going to be gone next year. Um, so the Chargers will be my uh, position, and it would be either Terrence Marshall or Rashad Bateman. A lot, a lot of us look at. Uh, I like that. A lot of us look at Justin Herbert, right? And um, love the the upside he brings. Love the the dynasty value of Justin Herbert. But you know, we look at a guy like Keenan Allen. Obviously, that combo is great. But there's not. I mean, a lot of us don't look at Mike Williams, like you said, because of the injury history, um, because of probably the up and down performances. We don't look at Mike Williams and say, hey, you know, he's got a great quarterback. That connection's good. So I think um, finding a guy who can come into the system and be dangerous and be consistent with Justin Herbert, who we all like, good point there. Good point there with that. Um, I want to, I want to, we're getting close to the hour mark. So maybe we can go uh, pretty quick with these last two topics. I'll cut it down. Um, but a uh, lot of debate with the, the quarterback ordering. Let's say, let's say we all agree that Trevor Lawrence, even though we touched base on it before the podcast, um, <laughs> let's say, let's say Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, they are Crazy doing that. Notion. Um, I got a call and I said, I don't even play quarterback anymore. That was in Madden two seasons ago. Um, but they're, they're, they're really identifying, um, uh, they're, they're doing due their due diligence. diligence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're doing their due diligence. Exactly. They're doing it. So, so they're checking all their go, options. He should be going to the Jaguars. <laughs> So what is the order? What's the order? Give me your quick, hey, Fields, Wilson, Mac Jones. I mean, unless Trey Lance is before one of these guys, that's fine. Who's the next three guys in the order? I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, give me their exact landing spot. No, I mean, if you want to, fine. But who's? what's the order here? What's the order here? Uh, John, we can start with you on this one. Um, if you're asking me, like my personal order and not the order I think they're going to get drafted in, I think you have it right. Fields, Wilson, Mac Jones. Like that's how I would rank it. Um, you know, that's kind of how I look at it um, from fantasy and for real life football. I don't know why this uh, Justin Fields sort of slipping thing has happened over the past month. I mean, it was for the longest time, it was Fields, Lawrence, Fields, Lawrence, Fields, Lawrence for years. And then all of a sudden recently, it's just been Fields is like slipping. And I don't know if anyone saw the Chris Sims one where he goes 30 seconds to the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> this is crazy. Even so, after good pro days, you know. Oh, my God. So this is crazy to me. So I would have it as you have it. Fields, Wilson, Mac Jones. But I think it will probably go uh, Wilson, Fields, and then Mac. If anyone's going to slide. Mac Jones is going to slide. So that's kind of how I would think it's going to play out in the draft. I, I I think it's almost a lock that Wilson – I it shouldn't be, but the Jets are going to do Jets things, and the Jets are going to take um, Wilson uh, at two, which they should take Fields. I don't know why they – they don't want a leader. I don't know. I don't know what they don't want uh, – what they don't like about Justin Fields. I don't know what it is. So I, I, think, I think they might surprise us and take him. If maybe, they do – Maybe they don't. But I hope they do. 
I hope they do. As a Patriots fan, I hope they don't. It. As a Patriots fan, I hope they don't. But I hope yeah, they I do. Say, you know the behind you. Jets well, gonna jet. Yeah, yeah Robbie, you get it. <laughs> Jets are gonna jet. <laughs> it's just, just but maybe maybe do. maybe it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, maybe maybe they maybe. know exactly what they should do and they're gonna do it. But I mean, I can't wait. That would said, send that would send everything for a loop if he goes too. That would be awesome. Everything. I mean, I'd love five it. bucks wins you a lot of a lot of money right now. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy for the odds. Um, Amar, what's your order after Lawrence? Let's say the next three. Um, so I went Jaguars, Lawrence. I went Jets, Wilson. I went 49ers, Mac Jones. I went um, Carolina Panthers, Justin Fields. And I think Trey Lance goes to the Patriots at 15. This is what I put. All right. So he's got um, it all, ma- all mapped out. Yes, but yeah, you're my guy. You're my guy right now. <laughs> you just gave the pats. They didn't even have to move up. You, they just get them at 15. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sign me up. But, yeah. the, thing, the thing about it is, is Lance wasn't getting much uh, love in the beginning of the process, and all of a sudden he's, he's getting a lot of love in the late of the process. And I've noticed that in like previous years when we do mock drafts, so quarterback that gets loved the latest is the one that always ends up falling. Like the because mm. I feel like that's always a smoke screen. To, like let's pump up a guy that no one's talking about. So other teams think we're gonna take him, um, but I swear to God, if Panthers, if the Panthers get Justin Fields, I'm not, I'm, I'm, gonna, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be so excited. All the DJ Moore, all the DJ Moore. All right, so you got the, he's got the teams listed out and everything there. Um, yeah, I think Trey Lance. I mean, he's getting some hype. It might have came from uh, Jeremy's boy on that commercial. Josh Allen had like a commercial. I forgot what he was saying. Like they. They don't believe in you, like I don't know, yeah, like don't listen to haters. I think yeah, the yeah, moral exactly, of that story. Exactly, Basically, the moral yeah. of the story is you can yeah, do it. We'll sum it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You always got like so, I think I think last year like Dak Prescott was that guy. There's always like the guy who was once counted out. Now in the next rookie draft, he's like, hey, it was once me, you know that sort of thing. But um, Jer- Jeremy, I know you look at this stuff a ton. Uh, what's what's your order? What's the next three guys off the the board here? Or you know, if you got the landing spots, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think from what I've seen, I think it's definitely got to be Wilson at two. And then three is really a toss up. I mean, it's going to be a quarterback. I think it's, I want it to be Justin Fields, but I really think if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Mac Jones. It's not going to be Trey Lance. And then I think somebody comes up to four. I think that Atlanta moves their pick and you see um, possibly Trey Lance go there. I think Mac Jones, like, um, uh, jo- or gosh, I think that Mac Jones is going to slide if anybody slides because, um, where was I going with that? I don't the know. The shirtless picture. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's been passed around. No, it's Doing not that. No favors. Just, Do I think couple, it, eat a salad or something. Yeah, right? I think the only team that actually has interest is San Francisco. And why? I don't know. After that, I feel like he's the guy that's going to end up not to – Sorry for your Patriots fans, but like I feel like he would be the team that he's going to fall to just because they're not going to move. I, I don't really see them trading up, and I think they're just going to wait for who comes to them, and I think it could be Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't get the Justin Fields hate, and I really I could see the Jets taking Justin Fields at two. I think it's – and that could be where the rumors started with the 49ers looking at Lance and Mac Jones because maybe they already know – possibly that the Jets are yeah. taking Justin Fields. You know what I mean? And that's where yeah. everybody's like, why aren't they taking him? Because the Jets are saying they're taking Wilson. But we all know until – it's all smoke screens. It's all yeah. – you know what I mean? Kyle Shanahan's out there saying there's five guys he's taking, five quarterbacks that he's going to take at three. Like Kyle, Kyle Shanahan thinks everyone's going to be dead on Sunday. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. he's, got a, he's got a very unique approach to everything about how <laughs> yeah. he wants to divert those questions. Um, let's get this last one in here. We've got a few minutes here. Um I, I've talked about this on uh, a previous pod with um, with Scott Nimble Numbers and and uh, Bo um, had both those guys on. Uh, I asked about you know who, who's a guy that um, might get drafted earlier than uh, most people think. Um, could be any position. Uh, the guy I threw out was Kadarius Tony. Um, I'm not saying I'm a massive fan. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying I think that the NFL. Um, so some NFL organization might look at Tony and say, hey, you know this guy is. Uh, uh, a different version of like a Debo Samuel. We can use him in so many different ways and, um, you know, line him up, uh, you know, in different areas and make this guy a weapon. So we're going to go grab him a little bit earlier than um, he's projected to go. So that was like my thinking behind it. Hey, an NFL organization might reach out and take this guy earlier than we all think. Um, we'll go to Amar on this one. Who, who's the guy that you think might go a little bit earlier than we actually um, are projecting? 
Well, I don't think Jalen Wilde's going to fall to the Packers, but I think he's going to go at number six to the Dolphins. And I think he's going to be mm-hmm. no, the number two wide receiver off the board. He's going to go Jamar Chase Interesting. Jalen Waddle at six. And the reason why right. I say Jalen Waddle is because the Dolphins signed Will Fuller and <clears throat> Will Fuller to be an outside guy with, with Devontae Parker, but they don't have any, any inside guy that can attack the seam. And he's a speedster. So I think that would be huge for two two in his prospects for this year. Yeah, that was part of the show sheet. Obviously, you ran out of time, but um, looking at uh, maybe not the number one guy, but we saw last year, you know, Henry Ruggs surprised us all being the first guy off the board. Maybe we're not going to say Waddle's going to be the first guy, but that number two, I think, is more up for grabs than some people want to uh, admit to. Um, Jer- Jeremy, who's, who's the guy that stands out to you? Um, this guy might go a, a bit earlier than we are all projecting. Yeah, I'm going to say, let's go with, I'm going to say it's a bigger name, but I'm going to say Najah Harris. I think that, I think a lot of people think he's going to fall like more to that later round. Everybody's always like, oh, the late 20s, that's kind of where guys start going. I think one of these teams trade up. I think one, I think a running back goes in the teens and I, I think it's going to be Najah Harris, but it could be any of them, but I'm going to go with him. I think he goes in like the teen range there, like late 15 to 20 range. I think that's where he goes. And I think, um, like we've said earlier in this podcast, uh, I, I'm sure the NFL organizations are thinking similar to some of us with, hey, there's a big three and then a bunch of guys that might be complimentary backs. You know, I, I can't let this guy fall if I want him. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that point there. Um, John, who's the guy you think uh, might go earlier than we're all expecting to? It would be a shame if I went on a podcast and didn't mention Nico Collins. Like it would just be a crying shame. (laughs) So I'm going to sit here and say Nico Collins is going to go earlier than people expect. Um, Right now. I mean, what's up? Day two. Yeah, he's probably day two. He's not, he's not, not a first round guy by any stretch of the imagination. I think most of us know who's kind of going to be in the first round. So that's why to me, he's going to be a surprise because he might be early day two. Um, Look, the wide receivers in this class are not that big. He's 6'4 and fast as anything. So um, that's kind of what we talked about, how there's not many running backs. Well, there's also not many big wide receivers in this class either. So I think Nico Collins could get pushed up boards because if you want that big X possession guy, that's kind of your target. So to me, Nico Collins, early day two, uh, land somewhere sexy, and all of a sudden he's another name like Chuba, who we look at and go, "Wow, where did he come from?" But like, well, it, it kind of makes sense, you know. He profiles more as, a, as an X, and and that's kind of a team. I could see a team falling in love with him and saying, "We don't want to miss out on this guy." So, uh, a little bit of Michigan fandom, a little bit of uh, you know take lock on Nico Collins, but I'm going to say Nico Collins is going to be uh, go earlier than expected and and, and shock people for fantasy. Could be and this I, year's I, I, Michael Pittman. Sure, sure. Yeah, Cat I, I came like out of the, nowhere last year. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, the point about him being um, of a different build than some of these other guys because I feel like you know doing some research and reading up on you know I like to grab a bunch of different people's perspectives on the qualities of some of these guys and I feel like so many of these guys obviously very different but a lot of them have a similar kind of build in. Um, uh, right up to them. And then you got guys like Nico Collins, who, you know, he he is a lot different than um, some of the smaller, you know, more gadget looking guys that uh, line up different positions, things like that. So good, good point there. Um, we're going to wrap things up. We are at the hour mark here. Um, again, great, great podcast. We talked some dynasty advice, some dynasty topics. Then we shifted into the NFL draft that we've all been waiting for with some good topics there. Um, great discussion from these three guys. I want to make sure that they close out the podcast letting us know um, where uh, we can find them. So we'll go We'll go reverse order. We'll go John, Jeremy, and then Amar here. Uh, let us know again where we can find you and then anything else you want to plug to uh, close the podcast out. Sure. Uh, you can follow me at FTLS underscore JBats on Twitter. Um, you can find the podcast uh, for the Love of Sundays, uh, FTLS podcast. Um, and really the only thing I'm going to plug is this uh, spreadsheet that we're going to send out hopefully uh, – Geez, we're now, but hopefully in a couple months before it gets to redraft season, you will have this huge database of sort of grades, rankings, as well as little one paragraph write ups of every player in the league uh, from me and Brian. So we're going to make that free. We're going to make that public. It's just a spreadsheet that we do every year to help us prepare for fantasy pros. So this is just going to be 
you guys checking out that data and that spreadsheet. So uh, keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for the podcast. We put it out weekly. Um, it's kind of a little slower now. Brian's busy uh, doing NHL stuff. Thinks he's so cool. Um, but the podcast will come back to go back to once or twice a week at some point soon. So uh, keep an awesome eye out for stuff. That. Awesome stuff. Jeremy, again, where can we find you? Anything else you want to plug to close the pod? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter uh, at PopesFFH. Like I said before, uh, DMs are open for any questions, rookie draft, stuff like that. Um, Check out any. I got a lot of rookie content. I'm actually going to drop a thread of pretty much everything I've done leading up to this uh, here, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, But any rookie content, I got a ton of it up at uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network at Yards Per. Um, And other than that, if you uh, like this podcast, you can come and watch mine here in about 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to hey, talk about. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to talk, <laughs> talk about some rookies and do a rookie mock draft. So, all right, all right. So, hey, like you said, stay tuned. We got another podcast. You can see this guy again in um, yeah, tomorrow. If one hour wasn't enough, you know, they need to. Hey, I, I was just keeping your podcast in mind. I was just keeping your podcast in mind. Also, keeping what's going on downstairs in mind, so I don't get in trouble uh, myself. Yeah, right. So. Um, uh, Amar, uh, second podcast ever knocked that one out. Um, tell everybody where we can find you and then anything else, uh, you got going on. So you can find me on Twitter, uh, at, uh, Amar Gaber, A-M-R-G-A-A-B-R. Um, and, um, you can also find me on rotaviz, rotaviz.com. Um, and you should find me on the Twitter street, on the Twitter streets, find me out there. All right. On the Twitter streets. All right. Well, um, NFL draft. Good luck uh, with your podcast. Anybody doing that? Um, you know, have fun with that. Uh, next week uh, on this podcast, I have Cooter Doodle and Fantasy Couch on the same podcast on Tuesday, and then we kick off our um, the script to ships show with Steffi Smalls on Thursday. So have that coming up. Uh, other than that, probably some other pieces of content sprinkled in baseball, basketball, whatever the case is. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you three for hopping on the podcast. This one was a lot of fun. And uh, everybody have a good night. You too. Cheers. Be good.